So I would get a laugh and then I'd start and then I'd get a laugh. You know, but, oh, but, so so everything was out of whack and half the audience is there, half the audience is there, half of them don't, can't hear. It was just... Isn't yeah. it nice that your humour translates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to really put on the physical... You're better, uh, better translated than the Mandela dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Unapologetically hypeless and heartfelt, this is Kicking Back with James Shramko and Joel Osborne. It's a good book. It is a good book. All right. Speaking of good books, let's just paint the scene here for our kicking back friends because mm-hmm. we are recording. We are recording. We, we have begun the podcast as we look through the plethora of James's book. Well, this is, just the, this is the tip of the iceberg, my friends. This is the first batch which has been brought up from the garage Mm-hmm. For um, archiving, we're actually listing down each book title yep. to de- develop a, an actual list of my library because a lot of my customers have all, have asked me what books should I recommend, and I'd like to be able to put a reading list and I list a couple of thousand books and my comments about them. Yeah, and here's just the first batch. And you've got little comments in each book. I don't see any in this mafia book, but there are in the other books notes. you had some notes. Yeah, there's some notes. I, some I'm, if I'm traveling, I have this little system where I used to have a piece of paper yeah, and I would write down the, the notes from the book and that would allow me a quick summary. It's like my book review. This is pre-iPad, pre-iPhone. Now, right now, you probably can't imagine this, but there is probably a 1,000 books on this table. Yeah. Right. It's more than that. Because no. my Kindle is on the table and it oh. is oh. – it's a, so I got you by technical. Uh, I should have yeah, done a bet like um, yeah. How many books like, are on here? Like Titanic yeah. Thompson, blank looks. Titanic Thompson. Nice. Yeah. He was he was famous for making bets. He made bets all the time. You mean the Amazing Jonathan? No, no <laughs> he, I think this guy was a pre-runner to the Amazing Jonathan, and right. he would make bets like. And he started from the time that he was eleven, and he would carry. He basically go fishing and see someone had a nice fishing rod, so he'd make a bet that he could throw a stone and his dog would get it out. And so he did. He put an X on the stone, threw it in the river. His dog went and got got the stone, and then and then the guy would would say, "Oh, well done," and then he'd say, "See you later." And then and then Titanic Thompson would uh, crack his rifle magazine. He goes, "Sir, I think you've. Uh, I think that's my fishing rod." <laughs> And they basically go around. This guy would get real annoying in the community. He's like, oh, shit, here comes Titanic again. Yeah, they call him Titanic. I'm just trying to have a coffee, Titanic. They call him Titanic because they're basically. How many coffee beans went into that coffee? Piss off. Because he takes everyone down. Yeah. That's why he's called Titanic. Yeah. Yeah. But wouldn't they know? Or did he just go from town to town? Like, yeah, he goes from town to town. He would get no one, like, no one would want to talk he to puts, him. He, he put two balls. <laughs> just go for a drive. How many <laughs> gallons to the, to the mile? And he'll put, he'll put two balls in the, on the end of a pool table, like yeah. near the pocket, like one on the left, one on the right, and then he'd block the other holes with the other balls, and yeah. then he'll bet someone that he could get three balls in a pocket. Yeah. So like WC And they'd take the bet. Yeah. And he would push the white ball down the end, and while that's happening, he'd lay his cue down at uh, <laughs> the end. The white ball would come back. It would hit the cue, push the two balls in the pocket, jump the, the thing, which he'd grab in his hand and put it in his left pocket. Oh. He'd see three pockets, and he'd get paid up. He could also apparently 
uh, sit a, a few meters away from a hat and throw fifty two cards into the hat. Every, yeah. You know, and he would sit in the foyer and, and miss a few and then take a bet that he could get. Yeah, like, the old hustler move. Yeah. He's a t- complete hustler. There's a yeah. whole series on it called American Hustler. Right. All right. So that was Well, W.C. Fields, he used to do all that kind of stuff, but he would have everything rigged, you know, but he would have those bets of getting them all in the holes, you know, in the pool, pool table. Yeah. It would all be string and everything. I saw it at the Magic Castle. They had his table, his old pool table there. Right. But this guy, Titanic, I would just, I would think, yeah, this guy would give everyone the shits. He would just be like, you know, he's a shyster. Come on, in the He's pocket. a shyster, no <laughs> doubt about it. And, and a smart ass. And no one likes smart, a smart No, ass. no, yeah. He'd so run out of town. And what year was this guy around? Oh, you, you got me on that one. Right. I'm guessing early 1900s. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I've, I've just got the Kindle for it yesterday. And this is this sort of leading somewhere. Right. I'm interested in true stories of people or, or legends or semi-true stories mm-hmm. because I think they're quite often um, more interesting than a theoretical Hollywood blockbuster. Sure, sure. Now, in, in using that in today's um, where the stories people get a lot from TV, reality TV, would you say that that's the same? Like Jersey Boys. True like stories. That? Jersey Boys, when you got me. I, I see, I'm not even, I don't even, I've never watched it. I just, <laughs> no one does. No, no. It Gordon, Gordon Shaw or <laughs> Paulie Shaw. I don't know. They're all annoying. Desperate the, Housewives at Melbourne. Yeah, Mob Wives. <laughs> <laughs> There's all these horrible reality shows. See, I have a theory. You get more truth in literature than you do in reality TV. Well, in, in, well, a, in a so-called yeah, fabricated, you read a piece of not you, really reality. That's no, but you read like a piece of Shakespeare or a great novel. You're going to get more humanity and more lives, more more of lives truths from that yeah, than you are from so-called fabricated. Because I'm mm-hmm. sure there's the germ of those stories came from situations that were happening around them and they sure. didn't have PlayStation back then. Sure. There, yeah. There's nothing real about like 150 cameras poking you in the no. face with the no, setup no. scenarios, is no. there? It's all fabricated crap. And they are, even our mate Steve Byrne, he went on um, he went on to <laughs> the shortest episode ever. <laughs> yes. He went on to uh, a show called Last Comic Standing once. And he was on with another guy, Eddie Ift, who is a fellow comedian that he lived with at the time. And they said to him, You know what? Eddie said this about you. And he said, I know Eddie, he wouldn't have said that. So he went to Eddie and said, Did you say this? And he's like, No, man, why would I say that? And he went, Screw this, and just walked off the show. I think that was. Oh, so they're trying to wind him up. Yeah, yeah, fabricated all. And then that, there was that one time that they were doing auditions in Sydney, and Clint was on it. Mm. And, and I turned up late, I think. Or, no, no, I turned up at the right time. Was this for um, Last Comic Last Standing? Last Comic Standing. Yeah, yeah, and there were good comics that were getting on, and they were just like hitting them with like yeah. really negative comments and feedback. And I just and I was standing there, and it was like an hour and a half way to go. And I just thought, you know, I'm not going to be a pawn in their stupid show. I got I got dinner to go to, so I just I just left. And you know, by the sounds of it, yeah. it's kind of like the paparazzi much. trying to make a big deal out of someone eating a cheeseburger or something. You know, like these trash magazines that try and get the worst possible, most compromising angle on something, and then that's why I love when a makeup shit when a celebrity or an actor snaps. And just attacks this paparazzi. <laughs> yeah. I go for it. I'm like, yeah, please. Like, you know, and everyone goes, oh, they're just doing their job. It's like, well, Hitler was just doing his job. You could use that same, you know, the Gestapo was just doing their good, job. Doesn't, doesn't mean justify, it's a good job. Yeah, it doesn't justify what they're doing. You know, if okay, you, that was an extreme. If example, you want to see someone snap, I thoroughly recommend a movie Dom Hemingway. 
Right. The guy completely <laughs> loses it. Yeah. Yeah, he's got anger issues. Is this the guy with the glove? Yeah, it's, that's his best mate, Lefty. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, so you weren't here, Clint. This, this is a top flight show. This is where we introduce everyone at the beginning, but we forgot. Oh, yes, uh, so Patterson. Patterson's, yeah, Patterson's back. Come on, Patterson's back. By popular, back. Uh, by popular vote yeah. of him turning up. <laughs> yeah, we, no, since, since, no, no, seriously, seriously. Since, um, no, I mean, come on. You did, you no, did no, feign no, no. in the in, – you just said, oh, I'll just sit on the couch while you record. Yeah, 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 so we brought the recorder out to the couch. And, and, <laughs> and in all honesty, since Patterson was on last – the emails have not stopped, and we finally replied to him and said you can come back and do it again. <laughs> nice one, and and you do you do come off the back yeah. of a somewhat less than stellar episode that we did. We've we've um we've had some ups and downs, yeah, but you but, know, but in the past they've all been technological downs. <laughs> this time where, was just a star the issue. The best, the best, the best podcast we ever did was lost from technology. Yes. Was. Yeah, and we have, when we get all the technology right, we yeah, just but I, and I don't say, I don't say that because we just lost it. Like I remember at the end of that podcast, thinking, "Man, that was like we're all on fire." Once we got the cogs working, we were like, "No, no I was on fire on. too." I did my research. Totally, I, totally. I, I was preparing, and then, yeah. So unfortunately, that was the best podcast that we ever did. That we'll never um, the one, never, the best one we never yeah yeah did as far as the listeners are concerned. But we did put a grab from it. We did. So we have proof. We have proof that we did, uh, and we're going to have talk. a we're going to have a comeback on that one. Yeah, we will. We will. It's so in the making. this guy, uh, this guy is a is a safe cracker and got locked away. But in the time that he was locked away, he didn't realise that his friend had uh, actually lost his hand. So when he comes back, his friend's wearing his glove. Yeah, and everyone's calling him Lefty, but he doesn't know why. And they go, "What's going on?" And they're like, "Dude, you've been locked up." And he doesn't have a hand. He goes, "What do you mean you don't have a hand?" He goes, "Why do you think I wear this glove?" He goes, "I don't know. I thought it was a fashion statement." So it was, it was fun watching this guy come back after a long time away and just totally out of touch. Back into the he's world. He's a dinosaur. It's, he's like the Austin Powers of the um, safe crackers. But there's a lot of twists and turns in this, and extreme anger. Right. All yeah. Right. All right. I'll have to. It's uh, actually not dissimilar to Clockwork Orange in levels of violence oh, and really? shock. Okay. And, and that's saying Don, something Don these Hemingway. Days. Don Hemingway. Yeah. Is it? All right. It's good when, acting. When you say safecracker, there was a guy who used to perform at the Plaza Hotel downtown when it, before it was ever renovated. It was really ratty in, in its time. And it was um, a guy called Dixie Dooley. <laughs> and he was a magician. And he was always coming out with different, like, themed magic shows. And this one was Houdini's Greatest Escapes. And it was like a daytime show that people would go down to, or if any old people were downtown, you know, take the Zimmer frames up and uh, and watch him. And he uh, he helped the old person get out of it. Yeah, 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 get, yeah get out of the Zimmer frame. Yeah, <laughs> escape from the Zimmer frame. Uh, and it was um, it was this escape that he was working on, which Houdini didn't really do, but he was going to top Houdini in this escape, escaping from a safe. Uh, and he would pick from the inside of the safe and get out. And he would practice all the time. And everyone had left. All of the stagehands had left. And he got into the safe afterwards. Why? To escape. Did he think that they were still there? No, no, no. He was just like, I'm good. You know, I'm confident enough. I can do this. And he got stuck in the safe all night. He was in there and he was losing oxygen. And they finally found him the next day and got him out of the safe. And he was like close to suffocation. Yeah, so, well, it's, you know, it's, just, it's a lot of those performance artists 
end up going just that one a little bit too far. Too far. Well, one time I went through Joel's tennis racket. Has he told you this? Yeah. No. So yeah. in Melbourne Comedy Festival, <laughs> for the sake of entertainment. What, Joel, on stage? Yeah. So you know he goes through the tennis racket. <laughs> yep. Right? So. Uh, Let's go back to the beginning now. Yeah. 2003. We're doing the Melbourne Comedy Festival together. We're averaging a handful of people a night, you know. Four or five people a night. You know, the, the heights, the heights. Of, yeah. and, and this often, is, often those five not paying just happen to be there when we rock up for to do our show. Well, it's, it's three or four more than, was it Akmel's show where he had one and he had to pause it during, yeah, yeah. During, <laughs> during the Yeah, yeah, wait break. for him when they went to the toilet. <laughs> yeah, and then you got to lift home with them. <laughs> 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 and, and and there was um, now this got to the point of the night where it was showtime, <laughs> and Patterson and I were in a storage space. Like there was like um, it was like some area where they stored like jars of oil and 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 big like cardboard boxes. It was full a of, bar, so it was back yeah. air storage and with like alcohol and stuff, leaking and, and musty, and yeah, and, and we're I just keep, hiding back there, hoping I, that people. Yeah, at the front. And Patterson's like, "Don't just look. I can't bring myself to look." <laughs> And so I open up this, there's a big, like, massive metal door. And I, like, and I look out there, and there's just four disinterested people there. And he yeah. goes, how many? And I go, four. And he goes, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. This is, this is, this is humiliating. Night in and night out. We had to do this half an hour each to four people. Horrible. Oh, no. And so the way that it would go is um, Patterson would go on, then I'd go on. Patterson would do his half hour. And I just went, well, no, this is ridiculous. I'm, I'm, uh, and Patterson, was, I'm not going on. And I went, right, I'm going on. So I went on and I just got up there and started talking crap with the audience and then just started doing Clint's material and, yeah. and, and then getting laughs and working off of it. And so is that uh, to leave him with nothing? No, no. So this is, so I then, oh, you were just surrogate. I then, Clint. I thought, I think I might have introduced you as me. And, and Patterson comes on. But he did. My he act. did nearly twenty minutes of my set of the half an hour of what he could remember, right? Because this was near the end, and we'd been doing it every night, so he knew every word. Watching each other. And so then he introduced me. So, so you I were Joel, on, and I was Joel, and I started doing his set. And you know, you know when he does Tom Cruise, yep. and he goes like that, and he's got the glasses on. Because I'm doing that, and I look nothing like Tom Cruise. That was the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. And and he he was lying on the ground. It was actually this weird couch thing. He's lying on the couch. And he was absolutely, you know, you get into the position where you, you can't make a sound because you're laughing so hard. Yeah. So I'm committing to the match, pretending I'm Tom Cruise and I look nothing like him. And there was a stare at him. looking at me like, I don't understand. Like, yeah. what, Who, what, what, what do you mean what, that's yeah. Tom Cruise impersonation? <laughs> but I kept committing to it because Joe was doubled up and dying in the back. And then at the end of his set, I just pulled out the racket, went through the racket. The hilarious thing is he's going through and tore the side of his arm. So blood's flowing out of his arm as he's doing the rack and doing all the moves and everyone's like seriously in shock just watching. Yeah, but smashed it. Yeah. And you get a huge applause when you get through that racket. Did you do the groin thrust? Yeah, yeah, the pretend balls and everything. But I used to do that. (laughs) Did you ask someone to hold it and then then they grab it? No, that's in the last five years he's pulled that in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that was was a hyper innovator. Yeah. (laughs) No, there's no stopping. Look at that. Says it all. It's a work in progress. That is like my my opus. It's never finished. (laughs) Hyper innovation. That's the advantage of playing small audiences. Yeah, yeah. You can run a trick for 11 years. You don't care. You don't care. That's right. And you never have to worry about repeating it because you know they're not coming back. Shoot. 
Yeah, so that was our... Uh, and we, we were like, gung-ho, we're going to take over the world, man. Next year we're doing Edinburgh, we're doing Sydney. New, we're, New New Zealand. Zealand. Does New Zealand have a festival? Yep, we're going to New Zealand. We're doing everywhere. Hey. And the next year came around, we didn't go to one of those places. <laughs> and that was 11 years ago. That, <laughs> <laughs> that was 11 Did years it. ago. Did what it. was your next festival show? I had, oh, Sydney, about Sydney. three years ago. That's where your dad heckled you. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. good. That's nice. Yeah. Of him. Yeah. Did, did you uh, <laughs> did you get promises from the promoter on how many people are going to get get there? Nah. I oh. went overseas. We had someone promoting this. Apparently, I went to China for a month and a half and got back and Patterson and said, "No, nah, they, they 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 were useless and they <laughs> bailed out. We got That's no true. one, but we still got the room. Really? And I went. So we got no one to promote it, but we've got a room, and we, that we've never seen. And so we went. All right, we'll do it. Yeah. And we went there, and it was yeah. We didn't even have a stage. <laughs> We had to go to Bunnings and, and I've had some weird, we and I've had weird to... stuff. I've been all around the world with with um, speaking gigs. You had the dog, yeah. didn't you? Have a dog? No, you had yes. A, a dog in one dog, session. Yeah. There was a a dog in the room. Yeah, that, w- that someone had lost, and then there was a lost child. Yeah, walking through looking for their parent. Yeah. Uh, then there, then there's um, the time when I was promised an audience of six hundred to a thousand people at yeah. this huge YouTube thing. Yeah. yeah. And there was about seventeen people. And wow. I was furious. Yeah. Wow. I was and like, you flew for it? No, this one luckily was just Sydney, but I was pissed off Man. to have driven across the Harbour Bridge yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah. Like yeah. 17 people. Like I, yeah. I'd mentally prepared. Yeah, I imagine see, I'd spent a day oh, yeah. doing no, my No, they grouped at the yeah. front or spread out? Uh, they were spread out. In, oh, like they moved really it from fast. the big event oh, venue to this little room yeah. underneath the staircase at Sydney Entertainment Centre. Oh, it was meant to be in the entertainment centre. Yeah, I thought oh I had, I had, wow. I had, you know, exhibition centre, sorry. Oh, right. Like this, you know, this huge exhibitions on, taking up the whole thing. Oh, and yeah. And I used to do car shows there, like the, the, the yeah. you know, yeah, annual know. car show. And yeah. I was expecting this big thing. It was, was very bitterly disappointing. Then there was some... Um, when I went to, but you'll be glad to know that they've destroyed that exhibition center. It's yeah. been leveled to the ground now. Oh, lovely! So revenge, yeah. <laughs> different venue. But uh, there was another place in Dubai. They have this like theater, and they had like all these raised seats, like what you play in the state. Yeah, which is interesting, but it's kind of hard to make people run to the back of the room when it when the, when the stage is like two meters tall. Is that for the big <laughs> sale at the end? Yeah, for the big sale. Right. Do and you do that sometimes? Well, yeah, that's that was that type of that, event that, at that event. I've yeah. also been to ones where there's columns in 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 the front of the stage Shocker. that you Shocker. can't yeah. see the audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you can work around. Where they put the room stuff. sideways instead yeah. of weird or, or slides yeah. don't. Fit. There's all sorts of mm. interesting things, mm. but I guess coming from street performance, then yeah, your that's the least street, of your worries. You do, yeah. yeah, I've had some shock. I had a, a restaurant down south, and it was. Half the, there was like a hallway down the middle. Was this half an audience on one side, half on the other? Yeah, I've had something similar yeah. at a restaurant, and and, and it was um, half the audience were hearing impaired. Okay, no, I didn't. Uh, and, they had, I, and they had the translator the doing yeah. sign language next to me, so I would get a laugh, and then I'd start, and then I'd get a laugh. Oh, you know, but, but, so so everything was out of whack, and half the audience is there, half the audience is there, half of them don't can't hear. It was just. Isn't yeah. it nice that your humour translates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to really put on the physical. You better, uh, better translator than the Mandela dude. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, well, that's the, the a, thing, the, yeah. I, I love it when that stuff happens. It's a, it's just so it's such a bizarre thing to happen. Yeah, yeah. The, the president of the United States has some random guy who hasn't really had a proper security check, 
just winging it. <laughs> Did you hear about that? No, I missed that. Oh, yeah. And, and, and it being at such a, you know, formal occasion as Mandela's funeral. And some this guy's just making stuff up, and and people were saying this this doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And he was and when they just doing that, yeah, Yeah. they speak to him later. Yeah, oh, this is you got to love a podcast for physical gags. Yes, but yeah, just waving his his flapping his hands around in a random fashion. Well, well, this Um, would be like for someone that was blind, listening to us that couldn't see. Yeah, well, basically, someone who can't hear, yeah, but they can see, so they're translating. Yes. With the hand signals, and it's it just didn't work. Yeah. And uh, but, he, but they had like all these dignitaries and like you know people of the highest like political you know order that yeah. were there. And yeah. like, how did this guy get in? You know, that's yeah. what I love. Well, they about interviewed him like, later, and he apologized and said he was just he, he just went with it. Apologized. He apologized. Special signals. <laughs> Oh, yeah. uh, so, that, that, so that was, um, that, that was uh, you know, the height of our um, festival career together. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. I, we would give away pamphlets all day and then just see them all thrown into the bin on down yeah. the road on the corner. And then we'd do two for ones. No one cared. No one nah. come. Although Jackson Brown was in, uh, was there one night after the gig. Harlan Williams came to Harlan gig. Williams came to the yeah. gig. So. He's a Canadian comedian who's real famous over there. Yeah. He was in Dumb and Dumber and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's something about Do you think it changed yeah. his life? Uh, yeah, he won't get back to that place. No, 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 no. <laughs> do, you ever, do you find, uh, like, if you do get visitors, do you ever see your gags end up in other countries later on or pop up? I've been accused of stealing someone's gag one time. Did you? This guy? No. This guy from the UK. He was, it was actually there. here in Manly that the accusation unfolded, wasn't it? Was, was it, it the boat shed? Could you? Because I was there. No, you're I was, right. I was it there. It started here at the boat shed. I worked with him at the boat shed, and two nights later, we were in Coogee. No, but we <laughs> now, what happened? Why was I at the gig? Was we, 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 or did I just come some, to check you out? Or I don't know. We were hanging out. <laughs> Sounds or, a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. I'm here to check you out. <laughs> uh, I don't know why you were there. I don't remember you there. All right. But anyway, so the gag was simply, you know, New Year's Eve fireworks and how that would be an awesome time if you were a terrorist to bomb the city. Yeah. Because people. That's would, obvious. Obvious. I right? mean, even non funny yeah. people yeah. make that Have joke. That, if you're going to do yeah. a burglary or something, you do it when there's a big spectacle. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. And cover. so. He had. He, I already had something about. <laughs> like it, right? the That's just so obvious. Yeah. Even a normal person would think of that. Go on. <laughs> Don't you agree? No, I've had that thought. Yeah, I think he's had the. Thought. So anyway, so yeah. we, we Teddy's both, had the yeah. thought, and he's like the he's a twenty dollar bunny from Coles. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. So uh, I mean that was that was pretty much it, and so I had a couple of extra. I, he had uh, he and I had the same premise. And I had the same, I had a couple of stronger tags. So he got off stage. I walked up and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went bang, bang, bang and added my tags and got some bigger laughs than what he had on the same premise. Yeah. And so a couple of nights later, we're in Coogee and, and it came up and I just did my tags on it before he got on stage because I was hosting. And then he got on stage and, and my mate said to the audience. As he left, I distinctly remember he goes, thank you, thank you. Yeah. And, and Clint, next time, wait until I've left the country before you steal my material. That's exactly the worst. <laughs> <laughs> and I and, and then I, Clint comes up and says, he goes, yeah, I don't, I'm not quite sure what he meant by that. But um, anyway. 
<laughs> I kind of. I would have thought yeah. you'd have a pre-made yeah. response to an accusation. Not to, not to another performer who was just on stage. <laughs> well, that's very common in the speaking industry from the sell from stage seminars. Yeah. Basically, speaker after speaker slagging the one before really? and the ones after. Really? Because they're competing oh. for the wallet. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Like they have the, yeah. the purses in the room. And unlike your performances where yeah. you get paid, you know, by it doesn't the matter. Promoter, yeah. you've got to earn the money from the audience. Right. So if, if you're speaking at a multi-speaker event and there's 16 people and let's say on average, uh, let's say a third of the room is going to buy something and they're maybe going to buy two and they've got two grand to spend yeah. and there's 600 people, that's 200 people times two grand. There's $400,000 on yeah. offer. And you've got to basically push away all the other competitors wow. and so have you're trying to sabotage on. them while winning them over. It's a strong word, but yeah, insulate yes. might be the word I use. <laughs> I like that's like collateral damage or friendly fire. Yeah, so, so you what find sort of things would you would you try and uh, belittle their product subtly, or would you say? <laughs> belittle is a strong you know, word. Yeah, it depends word who it is. So I've done right. it overtly and covertly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you can do in, in, and in there's, there's yeah. definitely uh, well that's not going really going to get the message across, <laughs> but but then there's there's uh, there's strategies whether you go first or last too where you can mm-hmm. you can pop well, out a different can suggestion. Can you request now that you're heavy? You can what? Can you request when to, when you want to go on? At- Sometimes. Well, yeah. I would say going yeah. last would be the best because yeah. they've got no rebuttal. No, but they've already spent the money. Yeah, because at the end of uh, each talk. So there's a lot of strategy oh, involved. Well, they, they buy it right after as the you, talk. As they yeah. go. As they go. After each but, talk. Then, but then how are they listening to you if they're up buying? Because the they, they buy and then there's a break and then they come back oh, and they go right, again. Right, and, okay. and basically the yeah. people with the least amount of willpower and the, and the dumbest people, they're just money. like, they're just straight out of the gates buying. Yeah, yeah. And then the people who are the conservative and hard asses and they, they wait till the very end but by then they've sort of forgotten who was on the first day yeah. and then mm. and then the last yeah, speakers can come in and try and you know now that the cards have been displayed help the person make a decision interesting i've only been to one of those events they're dirty dirty they're dirty terrible events. events where he upsells his um yeah but he's his, got no competition he's just trying to sell you <laughs> yeah but my yeah i've never been to one where there's the multiple speakers but the other it was it was a famous one it was about um the millionaire mindset that's what it was okay now within this seminar which i actually enjoyed and got a lot of it yeah mm. i thought it was good but they had uh, periodically, they would break it up with scarcity-driven sales things at the back. Oh, of the they room. put countdown timers on the screen and they count down. But do people buy into it though? Like, oh yeah. But yeah. come on, like, like, when you're running, they spend. I saw people millions. running to the back of the room to get stuff. Running like little children you, you, running. for their free candy. Come on, like if if you got a bit of a, like, I'm not putting these people down, but if you got a bit of a brain, you can see when someone's doing the hard stuff. No, you can't. Oh, they're they're all on. using very very sneaky hypnosis and NLP and mind tricks. Yeah, and, and it brings us to our scarcity, all sorts of stuff. But yeah, but come on. There's like, mate, you got to go to one of these things I, and well, see it for yourself. I've, not, I've been to like the Tony Robbins one where he he's is it called seeding? Seeds through. He yeah. seeds like he's like seeding, and by the end of it, he's got like a whole bloody fairway, fully grown fairway. You know, it's incredible, like the amount. Yeah, of, but the, in a multi-speaker event, they have to seed and harvest in ninety minutes. In within ninety minutes. Well, wouldn't it? Yeah. But Clint, you went along and did the Tony Robbins. I did all and, of his stuff, and you signed up for the whole and the pig. Yeah. The grand, the pig signed up for it, and his dad was with him, 
and said, son, what are you doing? You're a bloody idiot. You'd save your money. And he's like, no, nah, I'm doing it. No one can talk me out of it. But then when he had the three days cooling off. Well, that's period, where they insulate you against people who are going to come and tell you you're crazy and yeah, you shouldn't yeah, do it because yeah. they care about you. But they're not here. They haven't seen what yeah, we've got. Yeah, they don't know how it. much this yeah, is going to help yeah, you. But it. people, they're watering yeah. the, the greed seed in the customer. Mm. And some very dumb people go to these events. Yeah. Like the lowest. Laugh at, laugh it's at. like the Nigerian scammer technique where they've got deliberate spelling errors and typos. Yes. Only the most... Only the least sophisticated people respond to them in all seriousness, and they're like, "Okay, my target's on the hook." It's yeah. much cheaper for them to filter out the first layer. Right. Let's find the dumbest people mm. by having the sloppy spelling and too good to be true offers. And the ones who reply to that—that's our target market. Mm. So it's like the PT Barnum philosophy. That's the guy that contacted me. Who on Gumtree? PT Barnum. PT Barnum from the grave. <laughs> with his elephants. No, it was, um, you know, P.D. Barnum, how the elephants went nuts and escaped. Of course they would. They, they, they escaped out of his um, out of his showing area in New York City and the animals went wild through the city. Well, that's like the orcas in that documentary Blackfish right. that SeaWorld captured from the wild and separated from their, their mums. And All orcas in captivity have a uh, floppy dorsal fin. It's not natural and they... And they end up getting psychosis and going mental and squashing their trainers yeah. because they're so deprived and in their prison cell. Yeah. And people go and cheer and pay fees. Horrible. And that. Horrible. I recommend everyone should watch Blackfish yeah. and then see if they want to visit SeaWorld. I heard about that. Yeah. yeah. I heard about Yeah, that. back to P.T. Barnum. Yeah, back to P.T. <laughs> then I once saw a guy hitting a um, footage of him um, hitting a bear, one of those Russian performing bears, and he would smack it on the nose so hard. And, and then it would stand up and it hit it again. This bear just took took it up and just swiped the guy. And I, and I was like, good, you know. Yeah. Like, and people go, oh, put the bear down. It's like the sharks. Put the yeah. sharks down. It's like you're in their water. Come on, this is what they. This is what an animal does. Like, you coming for a surf later? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> put that shark down before, <laughs> I, before I'm I gonna that. book you as my motivation coach. <laughs> <laughs> It's um, but Patterson and I had an interesting conversation last night about online and the internet. Oh, that now, would have been fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've set it up for a big, uh, big payoff now. <laughs> so, I just want to get in early. Yeah. So the uh, the Facebook, all right, and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Majority of Facebook can be used for some very good things. I'm going to preface it with that. You see that the you know um, Arabic Spring and the the major uprisings have been a result as you know these young guys on Facebook that are toppling governments, and I think that's great. You know that they're actually using it for for you know a, a just cause. And it promotes Help. the hoodie as a fashionable item. Yeah, it does that. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> So I just want to put that, that out. There. That, wasn't, that wasn't what you had to say. No, no, wasn't. No, the, no. The, the, uh, the, but you see in the West here, the, what we use it for is either woe is me, have sympathy for me, or narcissistic self-congratulatory posts. Essentially, that's what that's what has come down. Now, can no, I think to- you're missing a major element. And sales. No. Boredom relief. 
Yeah, but there's so many other things that you can get relief from boredom with that are no, more they're, productive. They're, they're not spending on much else other than Facebook. Mm. Unfortunately. If you, I reckon you go to any normal business where there's someone sitting at a computer, I'd be shocked if they're not spending four hours a day on Facebook instead okay. of their work. It's, a, it's the number one yeah. drain on productivity. Sure. So there's, we need to do something about this. <laughs> like what? Well, well no, I, I think because we just talk, we're, we're talking about online. Online is great, you know. There are some great things, you know, that we all know. We don't need to get into it. However, the amount of life that is distracted from from online is unbelievable. Well, and and I've noticed yeah, that with, I mean, there's obviously a whole generation. Anyone born in the late mid to late '80s hasn't grown up without it. Yeah. Right. So, because the internet was sort of big from when they were. Yeah, ten or fifteen. Yeah. yeah. So you know, this whole generation of people who don't know what it's like to not be on a device. Sure. But I is that a good thing or a bad it's thing? Terrible. Or? It's terrible now, because I, they're they're like they're they're yeah. omnipresent with this thing. It's like they might as well just chip them now. Yeah. But the best things in my life, and I'm an internet guy, are all the offline things. Yes. Like yeah. Surfing yeah. Surfing exactly. like and we reading talking, and yeah. uh, and conversations with Having people without technology and and. Um, so I've actually switched off more technology in yeah. my life in the last six months than yeah. at, at any point since 2005. Right. Yeah, and that's that's a good that's a good thing because there's a good I, way you can regulate yourself. You can install Rescue Time, which is a software you put on your computer, and it tells you how many well it tells you how many hours a week you spend on your computer and what you're spending it on. And if you have a very a particularly low willpower or poor discipline, it's just a little weekly slap in the face about you know what you are actually doing. And for almost everyone, it's email number one, right. social media number two. Right. And I, I know I got in a big heated discussion with Jonathan, and it was good to see he had some fire in him. You know, it was like it started off on he had seen um, Richard Dawkins do a talk recently. I mean, it started off on religion, but then it got to technology and science. He said he puts all of his faith into science and, and you know, believes in technology and the growth of humanity through technology. I said, I don't know if I, if I can buy into that because I think the technology is growing, but we're, we are missing out on some fundamental flaws in humanity that we need to address before we start patting each other on the back foot with how advanced we are. And he said, and I said, there's going to be some major repercussions of on, on, on humans in general, uh, due to the, this, how quickly technology is growing. And it's already showing up now, like the rate of depression and, the, and even retention of information now has depleted so much, not only in kids but in adults because of Google. No one needs to remember anything mm. anymore. No one needs to remember phone numbers. And he's like, no, Joel, the people that invented this are humans. So humans are evolving. That's what the whole thing is. Humans are evolving as technology evolves. I said, yeah, I said, a select few people have evolved enough to be able to create this technology, but we as a human race aren't evolving quick enough. Yeah, and so- they reckon 90% of medical information on Wikipedia is wrong. Right. And it's something like 30% of doctors rely on it. <laughs> so, um, right. Yeah, so, absolutely so there's you, a problem. And my whole point We need was, more design. Yeah. Technology is great, but design's important. It's how you, it's how you apply it. It's where you shape it. It's um, it's what result do you want, and how can you design that outcome? And what are you using it for? I think is an important one because even like back in the sixties or, or in the in the forties, let's say when there was great advances in atomic energy, but what was that used for? 
killing hundreds of thousands of people, dropping bombs. Mm. And, and a lot of the great advancements in, in technology have come through war as a result of that. I just think it's kind of sad that we, you know, use all this great technology well, for listen that. To this, so, listen to this to back up your argument. So they, they think the way that future... Welcome to Kicking Back Heavy Edition. <laughs> <laughs> we, we tackle Is this the that other side of the comedians that, you know, there's that yeah. up funny one and then there's that, like the deep, dark, I think the deep dark is probably 90% of the comedian and the yeah. 10% yeah. is what is the comedy, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, I think that that's... Sure. But just on that, so a couple of days ago they released this, all this new studies about how the disease rheumatoid arthritis that, you know... I that was you're an expert in. Yeah, yes. yeah. So they're now, they're going to, the way of the future is to treat, they're hoping to treat all diseases by putting electrical currents through our nervous system, through the back of our spine, that then can influence the nervous system within the gut so that the communication between the inflammatory response of the body is altered. And as a result, inflammation is lowered in autoimmune diseases and then all sorts of other things down the track they hope to expand on. And the level of passion and, and the amount of, sort of resources they intend to engage to go down this path is extraordinary, and yet the solution is to stop eating the crap that causes the digestive disorder in the first, in the first place. place. Yeah. And so we'll go It crazy. doesn't sell, does it? It doesn't sell. Eat, eat broccoli it and almonds sell. and no, some fish. No, but what does sell are the pills that people want to pop. Cray, cray. Right? Yeah. They want pills. Or they want a little, and what they intend to do is put little. They chips. want an easy button. They want chips, that, not Guess like what? physical it's chips. It's the same people who yeah. go to Life events and believe someone that's going to make them rich if they just spend two thousand dollars today. It's yeah. the yeah. same. Well, the same yeah. person yeah. that gets yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's yeah. the same human fault. Well, the same person that gets yeah. liposuction. So just go and exercise, move. Yes, put the donut down. Yeah. Sir. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's one bit of exercise. Yeah. Lifting the donut. Now the other one. <laughs> 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 Am I getting better? <laughs> Is that from my? Did I do that joke at your? No. Because I did. I steal your joke? No. It's, it's I wait till you leave my place before. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And then the shrimp guy would be like, but anyone could think of that. Yeah. That's I would just be like, here. Ted, Teddy could think of that. That's yeah. Like, it's an I realize that. It's I've thought of that every time. I've seen no, it. I had that. I did have that awkward realization yeah. that as I was yeah. defending you, I was also deriding your creative abilities. Yeah. So, so the, so in, so you go wrong. Well, then, in in terms of Jonathan's response to all of this, you said, then what is it? What, what, what do you got to do? Well, what's, what do you, what, what's going to happen then? For I said, well, let's go to the fundamental of how people treat each other. If we could figure out that. Well, how about what about before that? Okay. Well, Well, one step before that, and this ties in with Jonathan, is how about the way people treat themselves. That's true. Because That's he's true. he's convinced that he's going to die this time. Mm-hmm. But what if what if he what if he had a different outlook? Yeah, mate. You know, like you're right. Like I I've seen people come back from the brink. You know, sure. And yeah. I've said that. Believe me, I've had long. I when I was there, I had a long conversation. Maybe he's just with tired. Him and I told him, I said, man, you're 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 the Keith Richards of comedy. You ain't going nowhere. You've had this shit before. You've bounced back. But what and did he, he say? just said? He, his response to that. Not this time, man. See. 
I, I, I know. That's why I, I call that the witch doctor scenario. Like if, if they point the death stick at you and tell you you're going to die and you believe it, yeah. your brain's pretty powerful. But when, but yeah. when you got doctors telling you, Fuck you doctors. Know, certain information. Oh, yeah. yeah. Doctors are really clever. No offense to any doctor listening, but <laughs> like they go to school, then they go to school, and then, they, then they're sitting in a little cubicle catching colds all day looking on Wikipedia for but, a paltry income. But, I, oh, but, that's, but that John, would be a, it's great that we have them. But I don't. Uh, I don't want to be one. And believe me, Jonathan, he totally share, shares that outlook, and that's why he got off all of his uh, medication, all of his dietary medication, and he went, "That's it," and I feel better than ever for a year. And then he came back, and then suddenly it came back like tenfold. And the doctor said, "What have you done?" And he goes, "I got off my medication." And the tests sh- show that the damage is a result of that now is irreparable. Well, that's like the same as Steve Jobs, who thought he'd heal himself from cancer, and and was a fruitarian and yeah. didn't operate soon enough. So there's certainly a place for taking, you know, good advice where you can get it. Sure. I, don't know, I guess we but, don't but know no, all the answers. But no, but it, um, he would agree with you on that on on that outlook. And yeah. But you know, just from him feeling where he's at and what he's going through. I'm not but, saying but, he shouldn't take stuff. I, I was more thinking about the defeatist attitude. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Sure. That's sure. It. But then, and, and I agree how you treat yourself, but I think two things, this is what's going to solve all the world's issues. All right. <laughs> right. Yep. It doesn't matter what, it first what religion, creed, whatever it is that you believe. And if you actually are religious, if you go to the actual root of all religions that, that, that put this same premise throughout its work, unfortunately, it's not, it's not focused on enough, is love and compassion. If everybody came from that, no matter what it is that you do, what it is that you believe, if you came from that, I think that would just revolutionise. Love is all everything. you need. Yeah. So as it and turns out, it didn't come first on kicking back. I think <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Lennon and stuff yeah. were in there before yeah. us. But, but, but Jonathan's hey. response was, "Oh, why don't we all become like hippies and we'll all hang out, Joel? Oh, let's all." I've, because, I've hung out with hippies. Yeah. In but Hawaii. You, but you know what? They are and interesting. I, I want to find out about this, but I just want to make yeah. this quick point before we move on to that. You know what's so sad though? The '60s was the love revolution, peace, love is all you need. But if you look at the world now, they're all the ones running the world. Are they? Well, you look at who are in the, who are the heavy no, hippies. I'm going to come no? up, come with a contra here. Okay. The hippies who I know, they got stuck in their vortex. They're still living in communal hippie places now. That one of the few hippie surviving colonies in the whole world, in like year 2014, and there's no succession plan, and they're unresourceful now there's no next step there's no all the kids have left home gone yeah. out into the normal world surf wise yep yep they exactly like surf wise and uh joel's referring to a video that he gave me as a gift thank you very much um dad's an absolute mad as a cut snake <laughs> dorian <But> anyway uh <laughs> but great viewing. just my opinion yeah. And backed up by fact. So <laughs> the the uh, the thing is that they the next generation isn't isn't, isn't yeah, there, following through. and they've gone they've gone they had to get away. It's crazy living in but, a in a hippie environment. At some point, you got to adapt to technology. Yeah, but I think a lot of the ideals died out. Like my my thought is that it went from give me peace to give me my peace. Where's my peace? You got a bigger peace than me. So peace, there's still. But all that's about what peace. happens when humans live with other humans. It starts to get into tit so, for tat and, and and abrasive stuff and that's why all the kids left so what if but what if we came from a point of love and compassion though? you Would can only be? love and compassion for so long until no, you get sick of sharing everything with all your brothers and no, sisters I don't know. <laughs> anyway, 
even my limited ex- even my limited exposure with people who grew up in that environment irritate me. It's not it's not a sustainable situation. Yeah, but. but but no, I think it is. I think it's a fundamental. Well, it's, it's, it's okay. within human nature. Why aren't there more hippie communes across the world? But no, I'm not saying we have to be here. I think we can live within this society that we live. We can have cars, just with love and compassion. But, but if we approach it with love and compassion, we can still have our computers. We can still have all the little things that we need. Yeah. But we can still have. Are our... We, is it love and compassion in the sweatshop that manufactures our iPhones? Yeah. Well, there needs to be some major changes. There need to be some major yeah, changes. We, we used to have something like that. Not, not to. They had good salaries, and they and it wasn't a sweatshop. But we, had, we had a situation where we had a, more of a glisten shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More of a, a red Just in a the face. An exhausted shop. Just a little oily. <laughs> and a butt's crack sweat. And uh, we had we had about like eighty people in a manufacturing environment. But I was their boss, and I gave them love and compassion, and and uh, and father and seven tried, children, and and a dollar fifty an hour. <laughs> yeah, I give you this. I give you this dollar and fifty with a love and compassion. <laughs> It was a hot one, yeah. actually. Yeah. Oh, but I didn't go there. Yeah. And, uh, and when they look back at me disgruntled, I said, you can really learn something if you put yeah. some love and compassion into your life. Meanwhile, no. I'm taking off my convertible. Yeah, yeah. that is all true. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, we had, a, we had a blast in there. So as long as it's coming... Uh... <laughs> I had a blast telling them what to do. Yeah, then I get out of there and the air conditioning... <laughs> 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 no, uh, you know, like you can make a sweatshop environment fun. It's possible. <laughs> oh my god, that's the quote of the episode. <laughs> fun in the sweatshop. That's right. Yeah. That's right. What do you think, do you think Teddy? Yeah. You came from a sweatshop. Yeah. Give us your on He probably cost uh, ten cents to yeah. make, and it. Yeah. Coles have got him pitched at twenty dollars. It's still Which a bargain. It was a good deal. He's, he's, he's really pulled his weight. 20 bucks, that's like a year's salary. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, look, on a serious note, I mean, I I do operate with a little bit of geo-arbitrage and it, and it is fascinating. You go to, I go, go and visit a country and just because of where they are and whatever happened, things cost less for us yeah, Westerners yeah. and it is mind-bending. It's like, uh, like we have a lot of Chinese people coming here to Australia and they're wealthy Sure. Beyond extreme, like they can have the best car, the best house, not because they're exceptional human beings or they've done something clever, just by way of where they're from mm-hmm. and the currency exchange. But that's a select few from China, though. No, but this is a global situation. You got, you got people in Haiti, and then just up the road in in Miami or whatever. You you're totally different situation. Or the the most vivid contrast I've ever seen was getting a helicopter from San Diego across the border to Mexico. Mm. And it goes from pool, cars, you know, beautiful mm. villas, then you cross the border and it's like a slum, it's dump, Is like that valleys of yeah, yeah, strewn yeah. cars yeah. everywhere. Like, mm. like it's, it, it, and I'm thinking, hang on, this is like, this is 50 meters, yeah. uh, you know, or, or whatever feet when, that is, when we indifference, that? but a completely different And just if you happen to be born on that side of the yeah, fence, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, tell when, them when, about when, love when, and compassion. It's going to be a, a tough sell. But you know what the irony is from studies that they've done? A lot of people Pop that are living flying in... across an helicopter. Or, <laughs> <Yeah>. or <what? laughs> well, I was in my helicopter. Yeah. yeah. You were looking. <laughs> now, the studies show 
the people that are living not 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 in you know well yeah living in poverty the the studies show Yes. Yes, like the Mexican fishing village story with the stockbroker. Sense of community. You know that one? No. There's this rich guy from New York. He's a New York Stock Exchange. He floats companies and mergers and acquisitions. He goes on a holiday down to Mexico to a fishing village, and he's there and and um, doing a little bit of fishing for relaxation. And then he's he's going out in the boat, and he's saying to the fisherman, you know, if you uh, if you were to catch get some better rods, you'd catch more fish. He goes, and then what? He goes, well, then you could – Basically, uh, you could set up a little cannery and you could can your fish and then sell it at the markets. He goes, and then what? He goes, well, then you could get some capital and raise some stuff and then grow a bigger factory and then you could ship it all around the world and then you could list on the stock exchange. And he goes, and then what? He goes, then you'd be rich. And he goes, and then what? He goes, then you could retire to Mexico and go fishing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. the whole point. Like, don't get caught up in everyone else's idea yeah, of, yeah, of yeah. what success is. Or... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, sure. Did you like that story? I, I did like story. that story. I'm I, I might have butchered it, it a bit. Give me time to ponder it. <laughs> oh, you're smarter than that. <laughs> you know, you want to, it's like so, coming off the orgasm. You want to enjoy it for a bit. <laughs> yeah, let, let, let me float with that a bit. <laughs> you don't want to move on straight yeah. away. Stick <laughs> around. Um, uh, but when your helicopter story reminded me of Tony Robbins when he said, I remember, this is, this is Clint's favourite. When I was in my helicopter leaving my castle in Del Mar, I was going across the top of the ocean, watching the waves and the dolphins as they swam on the waves. And then I arrived to my seminar, 2,000 people waiting for me to arrive in my helicopter. And I looked at all this and I thought, wow. Now, I don't tell you this to impress you. I merely tell you to impress upon you. So that was his way of justifying a, long a brag. Brag. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a most common thing. I, I'm not telling you this to brag. I'm just giving you a demonstration mm. of how powerful this which is. is. Which is mm. a brag. It's it is a brag. It's absolutely brag. And it's, it's a funny thing in my industry. You get douchebags renting a sports car for one day no and way. booking a photographer, big photo shoots. No way. They put it all over their websites. This cheesy, get rich stuff, and oh then. Then the, the, the idiots who buy this stuff are actually funding the yeah. legitimate purchase of yeah. the next one. And then but, after, after they've made bank on the first time, then they can legitimize. Yeah. But then they can get a proper house and a proper car and then they're, yeah. then they're home free. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's like tow truck drivers. Some of them start out by picking cars up off the side of the road and, and uh, you know, <laughs> that they didn't have permission to. That funds the, the truck and then they're on their own and then they're legitimized. So a lot of a lot of people start off as hucksters mm. and you know, yeah. turn. But you know what this reminds me of you? Uh, no. Oh, thanks. <laughs> no, 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 wait until where I'm going the here. Truck this, this, this ties into that story and the fisherman story. The okay. fact that you have the sports car, you have all that, yet when you travel you get the manly ferry and you get the train. That's right. So And, and the, when the, I'm in my board shorts and T-shirt at, at the surf shop or whatever, uh, or I'm out in the surf with no watch, no iPad, no Wi-Fi, just me and a surfboard floating around. That's when you're happiest. I am the happiest. Yeah, yeah it's, so, so it's that's, the simple things. So it's the, so the Mexican fisherman. I've taken the Mexican fishing thing on board. Yeah. And the funniest thing is like the great majority of people wouldn't even know about my sports car because it's not, I'm not sticking it in their face no, every no. second. It's my little pleasure. No. But you're, But all the cash has facilitated a Wednesday where you can go and do that. No, the success has enabled you to. You couldn't do that if you were still. Yeah, and if you want to, you know I mean? if you want to go to the root of that, the 
the cash comes as a byproduct from what helping is. people yeah. Yeah. With, with solutions to their compassion. problems, yes. like with a genuine, sincere care for what their struggles are. By solving that, then that's the reward. Because they're not paying me because they feel like they'd like me to have a sports car. They're paying me because they're investing in the solution to their problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and. If it all boils down to one of the books in my collection, which I've got two copies of, is Anne Ryan, Atlas Shrugged, oh, which yes. is about entrepreneurs and about creating value. It used it was supposed to be called The Strike, but it's about what happens when all the entrepreneurs in the world stop. Everything stops. But they're the ones that get taxed the most. They get shit-canned for being rich and they get mm-hmm. looked looked upon by uh, poor people who want to have a whinge. Like, yeah. let's tax all the rich people and... <laughs> You know, like it's they're the ones who create value. They actually roll up the sleeves and create something out of nothing that that serves other people, and the wealth is a byproduct of that. What's the? I don't I, sh, I don't understand the the implication of the title Atlas, Atlas Shrug. You know Atlas. Well, it's, yeah. you've got the weight world of the, the world, and they're like yeah. and they're then this like I want to just shift the world off. Yeah, I suppose right. that's it. Okay. But it was supposed to be called the strike. Not like shrugging at the gym trying to build up his traps or anything. Yeah, no, I, I don't no. think so. I think okay. it's just like he's got the whole world in his yeah. Hand. Okay, it's a pretty heavy read. It's yeah, like a there's, a, there's, there's a couple of them that Iron Man wrote, right? Yeah, there's uh, there's the Fountainhead or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Atlas Shrugs like the bigger one. You're right. Maybe Shrugs is in like he's got the world in Australia. He shrugs. He doesn't care. Yeah, it's like, well, it's what, if I what if I don't do this? Yeah. What if I don't hold the world for a minute, I suppose? I, I might be completely wrong. Oh, well, like, I'm not one of those. Maybe if yeah. someone asked him a question. I'm not like an answer. academic bookworm. I'm a more of a pragmatist. Like, I read something, I pull out. I, my theory with a book is, well, I've got two theories, right? One is that it's only someone's opinion. Like, some dude writes a book, well, it's yeah. through their lens and filter. You have to keep that in mind. That means that you don't have to agree with everything they say yeah. because it's just an opinion. Second fact, the book was probably 10 or 12 bullet points or a concept or idea that then have to go and fatten up for the publisher and make it all corporate and all the shit. So you want to get to the meat of it, just get the Kindle, look up the popular highlights, that's the book. The rest is just the shell in case you What do you mean the popular highlights? Well, there's this little feature. You can see what people highlighted in the book. As key points. Yes, that's the book. Right. The rest is filler. So is that a a feature in Kindle that you can... Yeah. So you'll read a you'll read a Kindle book. I could like buy a, I could buy a book right now. Yeah. It'll be on my device. Yeah. And I can go straight for the popular highlighted. Yeah. It might like fifty three people highlighted this. Right. Seventy three people yeah. highlighted that. Yeah. If you look through the popular highlights and then you can link off to where it's referenced to get the context. Yeah. You've summarized the book in about five minutes. The key points from that book. Okay. That will give you enough of an idea if you want to read it all. Oh, yeah. There's no rule that says you must read the whole book. Yeah. You can yeah. use it like a reference library. Mm. Yeah. But there are some books. That, that's, but that's what I love about literature. You know, you got to read the whole book. Yeah. Well, it, you know, the, the great business guys like Peter Drucker were they'd mine out a topic. They'd get a topic and just mine it out, you know, for three years and then he'd rotate topics. And he also read a lot of, you know, historic Russian things and all the great. Writers in that. Dostoevsky. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to be able to write well, then you should read a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Definitely. There is um, – th- it, it's interesting, though, that the um, that, that one book that we're looking through before, The, the Work, uh, Pressfield, when he says – Do the work. The, yeah, the three-book rule. Like when you're like, 
like you're mentioning, don't get you know too caught up in you know spending all your time reading and consuming. not consuming and not getting the job. You basically, done. you are either consuming or creating. So I've got a cycle. Of, I've got a routine of create. Like right now, we're creating. We're recording something that can be leveraged mm-hmm. to get to this point. Like, look, we've all brought information to the table mm-hmm. from our various experience. That's where we consume something or participate in something. So it's like the on-off cycle. Mm-hmm. If you can't really create great stuff if you haven't consumed mm-hmm. great stuff mm-hmm. or thought about stuff. Mm, sure. But if you're always but- consuming, if you're consuming Farmville or Facebook feeds of funny pictures with cats, you're not going to create anything yeah. worthwhile. If you if you're Always creating, you'll probably get a little bit tiresome, you know, so it's good to inject within your ideas. Experience is a big thing too, I think. Getting out there and experiencing, creating an an experience. Like Daniel Day-Lewis took all that time off. Remember your time before he Abraham? He became a cobbler. You know, his whole – it's something interesting. All the great actors are the ones that I I regard as great have this whole other life that they go off and live. Wasn't Danny DeVito a cleaner? Danny DeVito? Yeah. Well, oh, you're disputing him as a great actor. <laughs> I see. I see now. I see. Yeah. No, that, that is great at what he does. You know? <laughs> but I but, think but, he went into it late, and he but, was a cleaner or something before, like a janitor. Okay. Yep. So there's, uh, but like great actors. Schwarzenegger like, was a gymnast. Short, yeah, yeah. Gym dude. A gymnast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. the gym doing pirouettes. Yeah. There, there was, um, but, but for me, like the great actors of the day, like Marlon Brando, Montgomery Clift, and you know guys today like Daniel Day Lewis. And they've all have rich lives, you know. They 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 and they all have a keen curiosity about life. Well, that's right? what Eli Goldratt says. The theory of constraints guy he says, "Don't wish for an easy life. Wish wish for a rich and full life." Yeah, sure. And Robin says, "The more you can." <laughs> and I was not telling you this <laughs> to impress us. The more, the more, you, the more uncertainty you can have in your life. Then the more fulfilling your life will be. Well, it's about you know, it's about routine all the time. You do the same thing every single day because you don't want any uncertainty. But your life's boring, you know. And that's why, if you're bored, where do you go? Holiday. Facebook. (laughs) Facebook. And that that is why Tony Robbins keeps on coming back and doing (laughs) the same seminar for the last (laughs) twenty-five years. (laughs) I was somewhat somewhat disappointed (laughs) reading his second book, where he confessed to after doing the first book, he lost all his money and had made terrible decisions. Awaken the giant within. Yeah, I read one, and then the second one was like a bit of a confession about how he had all the success and messed everything. I'm like, you know, respect meter goes down. A lot of people love him and stuff. I'm not. I'm not. But although I I am, I am, I have a soft spot for the guy who makes it all, loses it, and then makes it again because. Because you know it's it's hard to do it. It's the first vulnerable, time. And, yeah. and 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 they're at the bottom of it. Like Sinatra, here's a great example. He was at the top of his game. You know, he was huge, and he lost it all. You know, or, and nothing was happening. He couldn't get booked. But the mob, mafia, yeah, mob were the ones that were booking him at like the five hundred club in Atlanta. No one else wanted to book him, and that's why when he. You know, was back on top of the world. Yeah, he he felt that he really owed the mob, and really, you know, they were the, they, they were the only ones who looked out for him. When and he how did he, and how did he owe them? What did he do? Well, there was um, implications with Kennedy's um, JFK's uh, when he was elected, and he was he played a big part in linking up the Kennedys with the mob, and and but then when Kennedy came into power, he kind of turned his back on the mob, and Bobby Kennedy did a big investigation into him. 
So, yeah, we could. that's a whole other podcast. Well, but, we'll mm. save it for another podcast. Yeah. That's a nice open loop there. Yeah, it is. It Did is. I tell you about that movie I watched that solved JFK's murder? No. Was oh. it with Paul Giamatti in it? No, it was a do- documentary and an okay. Australian detective solved it. It was one of the secret security guys in the car behind accidentally shot him. Oh, right. Yeah, right. there was like a shot rung off, so he reached in to pick up his gun and it went off and shot the president and then they covered it up. They went back into the left, though. Yeah, like it's it's you got to watch the documentary. <laughs> but it, it's, and that's legit. Yeah, I that don't, a, I'm yeah, a, I'm a, yeah. I'm 100% certain they've solved it properly. Really? Yeah. You know what was interesting? People yeah. don't want to know about it, though. They'd yeah. rather believe that it was they, some... They Oswald want some word. big well, yeah, well, attack. I was listening to an interesting um, an interesting point that this, there was this Russian guy who was living in the States and he was very close to um, Lee Harvey Oswald and he was basically funding a lot of stuff you know, for, for Lee Harvey Oswald and kind of, you know, looking over him while he was living in the States. Now, the, And there is clear-cut evidence to link that guy to Bush Sr., George Bush Sr. And when George Bush Sr. was asked, where, where were you on the day JFK was shot? He said, I don't remember. Everyone remembers where they were who were right. alive then. And so he's written the whole book about that linking up Bush to this Russian guide. So, and then Bush, as we all know, became head of the CIA and then head of the country, you know, much kind of like Putin, head of uh, KGB, head of the country. Yeah, so, you well, could do I'm, a history podcast, John. We could do a history podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, a, yeah, we could do that. And just, Kicking yeah. way back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 Very good. And, but I think, um, in conclusion to the whole Jonathan thing, this whole discussion that I had with Jonathan, I had to return back to LA that morning. 5am in the morning, I was up creeping towards the door, keeping really quiet so I wouldn't wake anyone up. And waiting at the door for me was Jonathan. And he'd got up early and just stood by the door just waiting for me. And yeah. then he gave me a big hug and said that he loves me. And then I left. So after that big conversation that we had, you know, heated conversation that we had the night before, I thought I drove off driving through Death Valley thinking... Maybe you know, maybe something did get through, or maybe we did connect. Yeah, that's nice. Mm. It's nice that we project, we've bring, we brought all our listeners along for the journey. Yeah, because it was all new world for me to explore. The yeah, amazing Johnson. Yeah, and it's a big part of your heritage. Yeah, yeah, big part of the the history how there. Years, how many years were you there? I, I was living in the states for four years, but I met him when I was twelve. So that was um, you know, he's been a part there. But it was good to you know, it's good to get that you know, podcast down and get, you know, yeah, open that up. Sort of just revisit some of that old stuff. Very nice. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll hang up our boots. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, by the way, for my size 13 Air Jordans. Oh, so yes. That's, oh, uh, oh, nice. I, I like that. That is one of the, one. that's one of the most remarkable gifts I've ever received. And oh, uh, yes. it's in like a long queue of gifts you've brought. I'm going to have to lift my gift game. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you can't. Hey, hang, 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 James. You give the gift of friendship. I think. Oh, well, there's the love. The love that's come full circle there. And thanks for visiting us, uh, Clint. Patterson, oh, it's been a pleasure. It was, it was your pleasure and our pleasure and the pleasure <laughs> yeah. of the listeners. You are actually quite popular on our show. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Yep. Two, uh, or three, two or three people. <laughs> Greg, if Greg, you're listening. Yep, thank you. We know, that it, we know he's popular with you. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to another episode of Kicking Back. 
with James Schramko and Joel Osborne. Visit kickingback.com for the show notes, pictures, and join the discussion.